Welcome to Dishing Up Nutrition with licensed nutritionists and dietitians from Nutritional Weight and Wellness. We explain the connection between what you eat and how you feel. Stay tuned for practical, real-life solutions for healthier living through real food nutrition. Slow down, you move too fast. You got to make the morning last. Just kicking down. Well, welcome to Dishing Up Nutrition, brought to you by Nutritional Weight and Wellness. I want to begin the show with some sobering facts. Some may even surprise you. Minnesota has one of nation's highest rates of major depression, according to a new report from the Blue Cross Blue Shield of America. And here is another rather startling fact that almost 40% of college students say they felt so depressed in the past 12 months that they had difficulties functioning. They had trouble studying, trouble completing assignments, and lacked concentration and focus when they were taking their tests. And another alarming fact to share with you, women living in Minnesota tied with women in Maine for having the highest diagnosed depression rate in the country. Mm. 8.1% of people in Maine and in Minnesota have been diagnosed with depression. And overall, major depression affects more than 9 million Americans. And here's another significant piece of information about depression. The rate of depression in adolescent girls has increased by 65% and is up to 47% for boys in the past five years. I am sure many of you have figured out the topic today is about depression and anxiety and specifically in college age young men and women. And, you know, just in light of the recent deaths of Kate Spade and Anthony Bourdain, who are so creative and talented, really just in their own right, you know, this sudden sad departure of their lives has brought a lot of attention to suicide. Right. And the depression and anxiety that oftentimes accompanies it. Um, And... Actually, there there was a new study that they just put out, um, the Centers of Disease and Control and Prevention report that nearly every state in the past 17 years, suicide has risen by 25%. Wow. Isn't that just it's so sad? It is very sad. And so, you know, we want to continue with the topic. You know, these statistics are so concerning and it just makes me, my heart hurt for all those that are suffering So that's why this show is so important, and we really need to look at why there has been such an increase in the rate of depression in not only Minnesota, but also in other states, you know, places like Rhode Island, Maine, Massachusetts, and Washington. And it might be no surprise at all that the lowest rate of depression is actually in Hawaii. You know, Hawaii is actually, actually, they've seen a decline in depression rates, so that's great. You know, other states that showed the lowest rates of depression were Nevada, Arizona, California, Mississippi, and Texas. So now that we, you know, we know what and where, let's try to figure out the answer to why. Yeah, that's a good. So why has there been such an increase in depression? You know, some experts believe it's because of the increased use of electronics. Sleep experts would indicate that it's from the lack of sleep. Looking at the states with the highest rates of depression, we also see these are the states with the least amount of sunlight and no doubt the lowest levels of vitamin D. Are you having your vitamin D levels checked yearly? 
some people will have it maybe one time in their life, right? Right. We or should. some that don't even have it at all. Right. So. Exactly. Exactly. What about your college age son or daughter or grandchildren? We recommend your levels to be within the range of 50 to 80. While some psychiatrists like Dr. Amen recommend an even higher level for people experiencing depression. That's right. You know, so, well, you might be wondering who these voices are talking to you this morning (laughs) since we started out with some sobering information um, and just kind of jumped right into our topic. So we just want to take a moment to introduce ourselves. Leah, my co-host today, and I are both licensed nutritionists. Uh, My name is Marcy Vasky, and I have a master's degree in clinical nutrition. And my degree, and perhaps more importantly, because of my own personal experience with anxiety and disordered eating, I have a knowledgeable and really heartfelt understanding of our discussion today. And I will admit, it is still difficult for me to talk about all of this at times, but I really get it. I really understand it now that food and nutrition have such a huge role on how I experience my life, how I live it. You know, mm-hmm. what I can eat either will positively or negatively affect my mood. And I can tell real quickly when that happens. Right. You know, it affects my, it affects my anxiety level, my overall happiness, and even my memory. Can't focus as well, things like that. So some of you in the past have heard me on past shows discuss my um, anxiety and disordered eating and, and also compulsive exercise, but I'm willing to share my struggles with all of you because I want to help. I really want to help you understand that you need to get, you know, you need to eat right to think right. And whether you're young or old, you deserve to experience an, you know, that anxiety free and depression free life. All right. I love what you just had said. You need to eat right to think right. And that's critical. It really is. Yes. We see it all the time with our clients, too. You know, they might come in just um, more apathetic, just down, you can tell. And the next time you see them, once they started eating right, they, they're amazed at how much better they feel and how much energy they have and clear-headed. Yeah, you can, they have a smile on their face a lot That's of the right. times where maybe it wasn't there the, <clears throat> in the first visit. Mm-hmm. That's very right. So good morning, listeners. I am Leah Wetzel, and I have a master's degree in clinical nutrition, and I've personally put two autoimmune diseases into remission. One was a blood disorder, and then I've talked a lot on the radio about my uh, overcoming asthma. Mm-hmm. With the climbing rates of depression and the epidemic rates of dementia and Alzheimer's disease, I so appreciate the scientific research about how we need to eat good food, the right food to support our brain chemistry. We need sufficient animal protein to provide this necessary building blocks for all of our brain chemicals. And we need healthy fats, especially omega-3 fatty acids, to support our cell membranes of every cell, uh, every brain cell. And we need the just the right amount of glucose to support brain energy. The best source of glucose to support brain energy is vegetable carbohydrates. So when I say that, those are uh, uh, vegetables such as carrots or spinach or broccoli and sweet potato. 
we say it's over this over and over again to our clients. Your mother was right. Eat your vegetables. But we would really take it one step further, wouldn't we, Marcy? And we would say, eat your vegetables with butter. Oh, yeah, for sure. <laughs> you know, that was a lot of information. So what are we saying right there? We're saying eat protein. Yeah. Right? right. Eat good fats. Yep. People don't realize that their every little cell in their body is, you know, uh, may better has better health with better fats right and then of course getting in a little bit of that good starchy car or good carbohydrate yeah we need vegetable carbs carbs, for sure just the the right sourcing right that's right Mm -hmm. so you know i think it's time also we should dig into some connections and solutions to this depression and anxiety that we're talking about today and a really good spot to to start with is what we were taught leah mentioned earlier you know getting that vitamin d level checked uh, it's kind of shocking, but this statistic is that over 61% or greater than six out of 10 college students said they felt overwhelming anxiety within the past 12 months. Wow. I mean, that's, that's just, that's a great amount. Yeah. And you know, that overwhelming anxiety, what if it was only because I had low vitamin D, you know, in the past when I look at that, I mean, I had no idea what my vitamin D level was right. years ago. And as we mentioned earlier, normal levels are between that 50 and 80. So what if your vitamin D level is below 20? How do you feel? You know, well, maybe you're feeling anxious. You might feel depressed and you might even feel completely exhausted even when you wake up Mm -hmm. and then of course that lasts all day long but that connection I think with people don't they're not they don't know yet is that um you know getting having a good vitamin d level affects all these things all right and more that we didn't even mention exactly every cell in your body has a receptor for vitamin d it's critical for life really right exactly and we know that vitamin d is also known as the sunshine vitamin and is essential vitamin for the brain health mood and skin Remember the states with the lowest depression rates? That was Hawaii, Nevada, Arizona, California, Mississippi, and Texas. They all have some of the the highest levels of sunshine, right? Mm -hmm. And the strongest sunshine, because the lower south you go, the stronger the sun is, right? That's right. While Minnesota, Maine, Rhode Island, Massachusetts, and Washington all certainly have less sunlight and increased levels of depression, Low levels of depression have implicated in depression. I'm sorry, low levels of vitamin D have been implicated in depression. Bipolar disorder and memory problems are association. So adequate vitamin D levels are, are also so important to help prevent things like Alzheimer's disease. That's right. So we can really see those connections there. Right. And before we dig in a little bit more, it's time for our first break. You're listening to Dishing Up Nutrition. I am Marcy Vasky, licensed nutritionist. And today we're discussing the causes and solutions to anxiety and depression, which has currently reached epidemic proportions in college-age students. Yeah, and throughout today's show, we are going to share some of our favorite mood boosters. So mood booster number one is eat a balanced breakfast. 
So eat a balanced breakfast of eggs and vegetables and butter to support your brain health. The protein in eggs is the building blocks for serotonin and dopamine, both of which are key neurotransmitters to support to uh, reduce the risks of developing depression. Again, mood booster number one is eat a balanced breakfast. Easy peasy. We'll be right back. Welcome back to Dishing Up Nutrition. So mood booster number two, as we were talking about before break, that every, you know, throughout the show, we're going to talk about different things that we often will use with clients to help with helping with mood issues, right? That's right. So number one, we talked about earlier was uh, balanced eating. And number two is to get eight to nine hours of sleep most nights. This is huge. And people are rolling their eyes right now. I know. <laughs> They're right? thinking, really? I don't do that. I often, I often educate in, in uh, with appointments that this is a critical part of your healing process is you've got to sleep. That's right? right. So lack of sleep has been linked to mood problems and depression and, and a number of scientific studies. In fact, one study published in the journal called Sleep they found that sleep problems can be and near uh it's really an early sign of depression and that treatment for sleep problems may protect a person from developing depression. Right. So, if you have sleep issues and are not sleeping 8 to 9 hours like on most nights, then it's time to make an appointment with one of our weight and wellness nutritionists or dietitians. You know, we work with children, teens, adults and older adults. And to make that appointment, you can call 651-699-3438. Right. Yeah. And, and people come to us with all different types of sleep problems, right? That, or for sure. Habit or they can't fall asleep or stay asleep. And we have lots of different ideas and solutions mm. to help with the... Di- everyone's different. Right? Everybody is different. Right. That is for sure. But we definitely can help. Yes. Yes. So we have somebody who, on the line, and yeah. we just want to take this call before we kind of jump back into our topic. Um, so, Megan, welcome to Dishing Up Nutrition. What do you have for us this morning? Well, I can't believe it, but I jumped into my car and turned you on, and I just wanted to tell you guys about how much this completely relates to what I'm experiencing right now. I'm hypoglycemic. Yeah. And I also have an anxiety disorder. Okay. My mother is a registered dietitian and a diabetes educator. So I've always known that I need at least eight hours of sleep and I need to eat a meal, not just snacks, every three hours. Yes, that's right. Just to maintain my energy. And I can attest to, you know... I'm going through a very stressful uh, illness in my family that's caused me to just overexert myself physically. And then I, you know, still struggle with anxiety, which I'm being, you know, being seen by a professional for. However, once I lack sleep and I exhaust my energy, I'm realizing I forget to eat as often as I need to. Right. And the biggest thing I've learned in the last week that is so, so important for me is to cut out sugar. I've always known to cut out caffeine. Um, I wanted so badly to um, eat 
grapes before bed one day, and my cousin said, no, 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 that's sugar, and you need to sleep. And that was just a real wake-up call for me that, you know, even though I think I'm eating healthy, I have to go towards the carbs, the protein, and sometimes when I think, oh, I need a piece of broccoli, it might not be enough for me. I might need just a biscuit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, that's something with I've some butter on it, to- right? <laughs> yes, with some butter, some healthy fats. Um, I, I was a dancer growing up. I never counted carbs. I always felt bad that my mother was a dietitian, and I never knew what was a good amount of calories and what was a bad amount of calories. I ate based on how I felt. Well, I think that's I really think important that, that you really that listen to yourself. Yes, and the two pieces of advice that I would love to pass on that my mother, the dietitian, registered dietitian and diabetes educator has always said to me and ingrained into me is um, always put color on your plate. So if you look at your plate and it looks very bland color within co- with the colors, and that means, I mean, I'm looking at my plate right now that's in front of me. There's no green in there. So I should put a few vegetables in there, but right now I have carbs, I have protein, and I have more carbs. <laughs> and <laughs> it's a biscuits and gravy, so I'm sure there's some healthy fats in there that um, I need as well. And yep. um, you know, so I just I I want to pass that along Great. because this is so this is so important. And my last point I want to make is mental health is very important. Yes, and you need to focus on your, as long as you're doing what you're supposed to be doing with taking care of your body and what you put in your body and how much sleep you get, that, and if your anxiety still persists, please see a, a professional. Do not go to a nurse practitioner. Nurse practitioners are great. Right. But if you're getting prescribed medication that is either anxiety, like a Xanax or an antidepressant, that should be prescribed by a professional such as the Associated Clinic of Psychology. Right, yeah. right. Yep, always, we and always educate that, that they definitely yes, need to work with def- the proper professionals. Mm-hmm. So, yes. with, the recent, with the recent suicides happening, yep. um, national news is talking about mental health. Yes, yes. and so um, this Jason really comes in at Jason a good Alexis time. Alexis has been talking about mental yep. health. Yep, thank you very much. And I think the conversation needs to be, even with the gun violence going on in this country, it all relates back to mental health. Oh, exactly. Health. I, we really, there, yes, yes. And we, there's a stigma there that oh, needs to be erased. Exactly, so, exactly, yeah. Well, I really appreciate your call today, yeah. And this is the time for you to really work on that, keeping that blood sugar stable. So Keeping those good fats yeah, in. sleeping. And mm-hmm. put some vegetables on your plate this morning, Megan, okay? With some good old butter. <laughs> Thank you for calling today. We really appreciate it. All right. That was great. Yes. Good information. For sure. Um, So when we left on break, we were talking about vitamin D. Yes. So we kind of want to jump back into that before we go to our next break here um, and talk about vitamin D deficiencies. Yes. They are becoming more and more common. They are. Aren't they? And why? Why is because we spend more time indoors and then than we are outside. And when we are outside, what are we doing? 
putting sunscreen. We are. We're putting sunscreen all over ourselves. So for these reasons, you know, we want to make sure not only that our own vitamin D levels are good, but our children's vitamin D levels are tested and within the good ranges as well. You know, in fact, there's this uh, a fat, an alarming fact, really, that seven out of 10 children are deficient in vitamin D. So it might be time to run in and get a vitamin D test and, on both your kids and yourself. Right. Yeah. And, you know, if you find yourself with a level that's less than 50, you know, taking vitamin D three oil capsules would be really important. Most people need to take at least 2000 IUs a day daily to sustain a good level above 50. And some people, you know, they need 5000 IUs of vitamin D three daily and others because they struggle with keeping up their levels, need closer to 10,000 IUs a day daily. If you or your children just hate taking pills, I suggest you do what I do for my kids. And you could do vitamin D in a liquid and do one or two drops of a vitamin D3. Uh, you could put it right on their tongues. My kids will just stick their tongues right out and I can put those drops right on there. Or if they have really picky um, kids or uh, loved ones, you could put them in things like a protein shake. Mm-hmm. I put it in water for mine. Yeah. Yeah, with their bifido. Right. Works. Yep. However you need to do it, it doesn't really matter. It's very easy to add to things. So I have, you know, their pediatrician check their levels at least once a year. And I love to see, you know, my kids happy, smiling faces and I, you know, really want to do whatever I can to help them avoid anxiety or low mood. So adding vitamin D is a simple solution. It is. It is. So it's time for our second break and you are listening to Dishing Up Nutrition. Here's another mood booster that we would like to pass along, especially to those young people who are drinking soda. Studies have found that people who drink four sodas a day have a 30% increased risk of being diagnosed with depression. Wow. Wow. And kids are drinking a lot of soda. They are. So for this reason, mood booster number three is stop drinking soda and start drinking water. If you are addicted to soda, we have a plan to help you break that soda habit and become soda-free. So call us at 651-699-3438. Welcome back to Dishing Up Nutrition, brought to you today by Nutritional Weight and Wellness. And here is the mood booster number four. So eliminate gluten from your diet for six weeks and see if it helps improve your mood. Well, I think that's a good one. It is. You know, research reported in the American Journal of Gastroenterology in 2011 found that gluten specifically caused feelings of depression. So oftentimes, I'll have my clients eliminate wheat, barley, rye, and oats as one of the options for depression treatment. And we help clients achieve a gluten-free eating plan so that we take that stress off right away. And you can give us a call to set up an appointment at our Nutritional Weight and Wellness offices at 651-699-3438. And oftentimes, people wouldn't make those connections no because they you know a lot of people think if i have a gluten sensitivity i must have a bowel problem right Right. my digestive system's a wreck it's not 
wow, that gives me a bad mood. Mm-hmm. So it's really, when we can help them connect the dots, it's it's really, it's a good deal. Right, and I have clients who don't have any sort of GI distress with uh, food like gluten that their body's reacting to, but they notice they feel so much better mentally, physically, when they cut it out. Right, you're right on that. Right. You know, earlier in the show, Leah, I shared with you that I experienced for years anxiety and disordered eating. Right. We kind of talked about that. And it was earlier in my life when I was in high school and in college. And I will wholeheartedly admit that in college, I was not a healthy eater (laughs) at all. Like most college kids, (laughs) right? Yeah. That's right. I mean, I don't think there's a whole bunch of us out there. And I, but maybe today it's better. I'm hoping. I'm always hopeful. You know, I ate really bad and had extreme disordered eating. In fact, some of some of the stuff I would do is I would only eat chicken for my protein. And maybe I'd eat it like once or twice a month. I mean, it was not something I was having every day. So it didn't provide me with those building blocks that we talked about earlier, that dopamine and serotonin that I know now I need for my brain to feel calm and to think more clearly. So what happened? Of course, I had more anxiety. And, you know, now that I understand that, I, on those days when I wasn't eating the protein, I wasn't making any serotonin and dopamine. And if I only knew what I know now, right? How many times have we said that? (laughs) So I hope those out there who are listening to me today or to us today that are struggling with anxiety and depression can really hear what we're saying. Right. Nutrition makes a difference. That's so right. And Marcy, it is so sad to hear what you ate or rather what you did not eat in college because I see how really like in our family, knowing now what I know, right, Mm -hmm. as an adult, my little Oliver, what he eats, you know, he's five years old and he does eat very well and he he wants to eat his protein. He loves sausages and eggs for breakfast. Uh, beef patties for lunch, sardines for snacks. And of course, he loves, you know, his good old steak for dinner. He's consistently building his happy brain chemicals, and it shows because he's such a happy boy. That's yeah. awesome. Yes. He has always been a good eater, though. He has his he? whole life. Yes. Yeah, Me, yes. So but I can relate to your story. You know, I uh, didn't overly struggle with anxiety and depression, but I ate very poorly in my, you know, Reflecting back to that same time frame in my life, you know, I would also say like I'm, I'm a much happier, more focused person now eating more proteins and having more balanced blood sugar than when I was eating all that processed food right, right? and all those processed carbohydrates. Yes, yes. Yeah, so, you know, my diet was pretty pathetic back in my undergrad years. And fortunately, I no longer ate that way when I got into graduate school and started specializing in nutrition. But during those undergrad years, I when I was only eating processed carbs, I ate lots and lots of those things like bagels and pasta with the aerosol butter. Mm. Did you ever do that? It's so disgusting. Yeah, I totally <laughs> did that. It, I, it's bad stuff, guys. So don't do it. Okay. Um, beans, I would eat, you know, lots of beans, bread, banana cereal. I mean, that's just all I ever consisted of. Mm. And um I would only use that spray butter like I talked about and not real butter. I mean, there would be no way that would go in my mouth or peanut butter, for goodness sakes. Mm. And I know now that all those carbs turned into sugar in my body. 
I didn't necessarily gain weight because I was very busy over exercising. I'd exercise for an hour and a half, maybe two hours a day sometimes. So I wasn't gaining the weight or becoming diabetic. But what it did to me is block up my cell receptors in my brain. So the neurotransmitters could not get into my brain cells. And then, of course, what did that cause? Things like anxiety like for me, like mm-hmm. we've been talking about today. You know, and even really in drinking too much, too, because the alcohol, of course, calmed my anxiety. So, you know, really drinking a lot in college and hoping that, you know, the alcohol would somehow just kind of control or minimize my anxiety is really what I was looking for. And no one ever sat me down and said, hey, Marcy, you're eating really bad. Those food choices are certainly, you know, creating some of this anxiety that you're having. We had no idea. Right. I, I had no idea how much I was hurting myself at the time. Right. And think about your story and how relatable that is to most college kids. For sure. Right. And this in like today, even sadly today, it's not being addressed food. That's right. You know, it's with not. mental illness and for that age range. Right? That's right. right. So I hope everyone's kind of putting these connections together today. Right. So this is a very powerful. Thank you for sharing. It's, yes. You know, very powerful story. So this mental health epidemic is very serious problem today. As 10% of college students uh, said they have serious considerations of suicide in the past 12 months. According to the American College Health Association of Spring 2017 survey, in an article in the April 9th, 2018 issue of Time magazine, for the first time, many colleges are offering screening and counseling for anxiety and depression, which is really great service. But as we were saying, who is teaching these young kids how to eat? I know. Are they just going on Mr. or Dr. Google and, you know, finding out what they should be doing. Right. And there's it's so confusing, Dr. Google, right? It is. There's conflicting a lot, information. Lots of conf- <laughs> conflicting information. Marcy is a very intelligent woman and you heard the way she was eating in college. She was only eating low fat or no fat or bad fats. Right. Oh, for sure. Right. And all those processed foods yeah, and bar not, food. Right. High, high processed carbs. She certainly was not eating to support her brain chemistry. And no one helped her to eat better because they didn't even understand in order to think better, you need to eat better. Right. Right. And we still see that, you know, even when our clients come in, um, you know, they haven't, they're, They're just so amazed by what we're teaching them. Protein, carb, fats. What do you mean I can eat real fats? Right. You know, it's just going back to just educating people on what good food, what real food is. Right. Is so, and how that can change not only moods, right, but their energy levels, the way they sleep and all of that. And we talk about this on all of our podcasts. Yes. Don't we? But, you know, I think education education yes mm-hmm. yes especially too as we said like this is a an age range where oftentimes it's one of the worst times of eating right so they're out of the house yeah. they have to cook on their own yeah and so either that means they're not they're going to get box foods to make it really easy, easy. and it's cheaper Cheap. yeah you know eating real food is more expensive yeah. but when you look at these long-term you know health issues right it really is so worth it. It is. It really is. Yeah. Um, so, 
you know, because I grew up with that low fat, no fat error, yes. and you did too, right? I, right? I really had a, this fear of fat. I, I did. There was, I would say for 10 years, I never put fat in my mouth if I could help it, right? right. You know, it, it would just ring through my head every day, do not eat the fat, because for sure I thought I was going to get fat. And even this many years later, I still see clients come in every day and they're just like, what do you mean? I don't know about that fat piece. You know? know, they get really nervous about it. But we've lived in this low fat myth that fat is going to make us fat. So they're afraid to eat all the good things we're talking about, like butter and olive oil and peanut butter and the delicious coconut oil. And what's happening is that they crave bagels and cereal and muffins, and they're eating fat-free yogurt, which is really just loaded with lots of carbs. And what happens when we do that? Sugar, sugar, just like our caller talked about, is um, increasing their anxiety levels. Right. Um, so back in college, when I didn't understand that, my brain needed good fat because 60% of our brain is made up of fat. Yeah. Um, you know, I wish I would have known that. But when we're talking to our clients today, we talk about incorporating two to three teaspoons of some healthy fat at every meal, don't we? We do. All right. Well, it's already time for our third break. You are listening to Dishing Up Nutrition, and we are discussing causes and solutions to anxiety and depression in college-age young adults. So for our fifth mood booster, we want to tell you to maintain a balanced blood sugar level by eating meals frequently. Skipping meals is going to lead to that low blood sugar levels, which can make you hungry, irritable, anxious, and depressed. That's right. And these everyday unhealthy habits can cause dips in blood sugar levels. So things like we talked earlier, drinking alcohol. Skipping meals, eating high sugar snacks, drinking soda pop, fruit drinks, or sugary coffee drinks. Mm -hmm. All of these poor habits can lead to low blood sugar levels. We are a nation of high sugar snackers, and we are a nation of high rates of depression. So to help you, if you, any of those are big habits of yours, uh, to overcome them, you can call us in the office at 651-699-3438 to set up an appointment because food matters. Welcome back to Dishing Up Nutrition. So next week, be sure to tune in and listen because Kara and Carolyn are going to discuss, can stress cause weight gain? It's a good question, right? That's a good yeah. one. Our last mood booster of the day, mood booster number six, is healthy eating beneficial fats. Eat butter, olive oil, avocados, nuts, cream, olives, lard, nut butters, safflower mayonnaise, coconut oil, and coconut milk. These good fats protect us from depression while the following while following a no-fat or low-fat diet sets you up for experiencing depression. Yes, and also avoiding soybean oil, that corn oil, canola oil, and cottonseed oil because these facts, fats will block your cell receptors that we've been talking about. So the cell receptors in your brain from receiving these messages 
from your neurotransmitters. A lot of people are surprised maybe by some of those fats like canola. Right. right. Exactly. It's often touted as a good option. It definitely is. But we're saying no. And your brain is saying no. Yeah. Right. Your, your brain is 60 to 70% fat. So when we talk about uh, having these good fats, food matters. It really does. And eating the correct kinds of fat matters too. It's no wonder that 50% of Americans suffer from mental illness. You know, and Leah, at the beginning of the show, um, said something really that I believe is very important. So I want to say it one more time. You need sufficient animal protein to provide the necessary building blocks for all your brain chemicals. You need good fats, especially things like omega-3 fatty acids, too, that will also support the cell membrane of every brain cell. And you need good vegetable carbohydrates because they are the best source of glucose to support your brain energy. So let us help you feed your brain for your health and happiness. You can call us at 651-699-3438 and make an appointment. That's right. Yeah, Or have questions, either or. Exactly. That's great. Yes. So getting back to kind of what we were talking, we were talking about healthy fats Mm -hmm. and the importance of them and how uh, both of us felt um, in the category at one point in our lives of no fat or fear of fats and often would resort to eating lots of bad fats, thinking that those were better options, like right. the butter spray. The spray butter. Yeah. Delicious. Yep. <laughs> oh, gosh. <laughs> I know. I'm surprised I, we lived, Leah. I agree. Mm-hmm. I agree. Yeah. And really, why? So the billions and billions of nerve cell in your brain require essential fatty acids to function, right? So the insulation around your nerve cells called the myelin is mainly made up of fat and cholesterol. That's interesting, isn't it? A loss of the myelin create a short when nerves cross each other. This may cause you to experience involuntary multiple sclerosis type movements, such as tremor in your hands or limbs. That's right. Right. So kind of an interesting connection right there. I mean, it's not just about mood stuff, too. I mean, there's physical, um, you know, issues that can happen with that. Right. If you are, if you, you are a young adult experiencing anxiety or depression or both, you really may just feel overwhelmed and you're asking, well, how can I regain control over my emotions? How can I rebalance my brain chemistry? I don't know what to do with all of this. Mm-hmm. And at Nutritional Weight and Wellness, our answer is always eating the right foods at the right time. You know, I've learned that I've, I need at least three to four ounces of protein four or five times a day, every day. And of course, adding in that good, healthy fat, which looks like two or three teaspoons of healthy of that fat at every meal. And rather than those processed carbohydrates, you know, I instead really enjoy the eating those good vegetable carbs. Mm-hmm. And that will give me just enough glucose to support my brain energy. Right. And I have good energy. I've developed some, you know, some strong muscles. I guess I've, I'm stronger now. You are. And I have much less anxiety, much less anxiety and much better moods. I'm right. just happier. That's really great. That's awesome. So protein makes many, but really also two very important brain chemicals 
or what we call neurotransmitters. It is a protein that is the building block for both dopamine and serotonin, not antidepressants. Dopamine helps you focus and give you drive and energy. And serotonin is the brain chemical that helps you feel calm and peaceful and happy. And it does. It really does yeah. make us feel that way. It's yeah, pretty great. When I was low on, on my own serotonin, because I was only eating a chicken once or twice a month, so very little protein, I was anxious. I had those obsessive thoughts and my disordered eating got a lot worse. And eating the right nutrient-filled foods um, is just powerful treatment for anxiety, for yeah. depression. But really, to be perfectly honest, most of us need ongoing nutritional counseling to make sure we're feeding our brain the right foods. Right. And you it's know, a process, right? It's it a is. journey. It is. I it always takes- tell people they're on their food journey. Yeah. Right? It's just not a one-day deal. Right. Um, and so... Luckily for my own self, because I was in, you know, really intrigued with nutrition and my healing process, it was, I kind of was on my own path. But I think for so many of our clients, you know, that's not their love is nutrition. They need to come in and see us. We need to help them stay on the right path. Right. And, you know, we've said this already in the show, but it's essential that we eat right to think right. And Mm -hmm. I like that a lot. Eat right to think right. Um, I do see clients in Wyzetta and in Eden Prairie, and Leah sees clients in Mendota Heights. Uh, We also have a lot of great, well-trained, licensed nutritionists and registered dietitians in all of our offices in Maple Grove, North Oaks, Lakeville, and St. Paul. So we're hoping that the discussion that we've had today has been really helpful in just kind of opening your eyes to a new way of thinking about anxiety and depression and some different ways that, you know, nutrition can help you. Right. And maybe before we end, we should kind of just run through some of our mood boosters that sure. we um, talked it. about. Yeah. Yes. Awesome. So I think our number one mood booster was eat a balanced breakfast. That was one thing that we talked about right away. Protein, carb, fat, right? right? What was our second mood booster? The mood booster number two was to get eight to nine hours sleep most nights. Critical. That's where your brain remodels and that's where it detoxifies and can restore. Yes, very important. Yes. And then we had um, number three came up as stop drinking soda. You know, right. yeah, all that stuff is so bad. And so what do you want to be drinking? Some good old water. Your brain Make needs it to simple. be hydrated. It needs to be hydrated to think right. Yep. Uh, mood booster number four is to eliminate gluten from your diet for six weeks and see if your mood improves. Awesome. Well, thanks everyone yeah. for joining us today. We got a couple more mood boosters. Okay. Oh, sorry. And blood sugar. So maintaining a balanced blood sugar really is an important number five. And eating healthy, beneficial fats is number Very six. Good. Excellent. Our goal at Nutritional Weight and Wellness is to help each and every person experience better health through eating real food.